This is Airing Pain, a programme brought to you by Pain Concern, the UK charity providing information and support for those of us living with pain and for healthcare professionals. I'm Paul Evans, and this is a special edition, a landmark edition of Airing Pain, because we've reached our century. Yes, this is the 100th programme since it was launched way back in 2010. And like everything that's been achieved over the years by Pain Concern, it owes its success to a brainwave, but also the dogged persistence, conviction and tireless, selfless hard work of Heather Wallace. Pain Concern started a support group for people who'd done a 12-week pain management rehabilitation programme. The people knew how to manage their pain, what they had to do in their lives, the changes they had to make to manage their pain well. And we were asked to run a support group to help them maintain these skills and keep them motivated. And we very quickly realised that it was very hard for people to get to support group meetings when they were dealing with their pain. Either they were housebound with their pain or if they were trying to go to work, they were coming home so tired that they had no energy to go out yet again to a support group. So one of the things that led us to think about doing a radio programme was how do we make it easier for people to get to support, given that, 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 that so few were managing to make the support group meetings. Although the feedback we got from them was, please do it. And then it got to the point people were asking us to record the meetings because they couldn't come to them. So at that point, we started to think that maybe if we use media, we could reach more people. And we won first prize in the NAP awards for chronic pain for the concept of a radio programme and that allowed us to then start to look for a professional producer who could help us do that and introductions via a pain consultant who knew somebody who was working with the BBC who knew you Paul and that's how you and I eventually had our very first phone call together discussing this concept. Well, I can remember that first phone call. Yeah. Uh, I had just left the BBC because my own long-term condition had made doing my job very, very difficult. Mm. The last thing I wanted was to make another radio programme. So when I had this phone call from this mad woman in Edinburgh who wanted to start <laughs> making radio programmes about chronic pain, I did not know how to react. I thought, OK, well, we'd give this a go for two or three, and then she will realise that it's just too difficult to do. But that didn't happen. It's interesting, because you didn't tell me you were thinking that. But, but from people who had any experience in radio, you won't really know what you're doing. You're going to find it's far more difficult than you think. But um, you were really instrumental in making it a success. So you, you've flung everything into making really good quality radio programmes and that was the inspiration to keep them going. That and the fact that the majority of pain is managed in primary care by doctors and nurses and other healthcare professionals who have very little training in chronic pain, who don't understand it, who don't understand how people need to self-manage their pain to manage flare-ups and so on. So, you know, one of the visions behind it was to 
allow people who couldn't get access to specialist care to hear from top specialists about how to manage their pain and also patients who were benefiting from those specialists care and were managing to put things into practice. So you took that on. But the eye-opener to me was that once I'd started doing this, and once you'd introduced me to all these specialists and people who genuinely knew about chronic pain mm. and could help people, it was an absolute eye-opener that all this information was there and having been managed for a good 15, 20 years plus, this information was there, but nobody had told me anything about it. That's right. I mean, for the first 11 years of my life with pain, and I was very disabled by my pain, I had no help at all. And what made me really motivated to drive it forward as much as I could was a difference that actually access to a pain specialist had made to my life and the turnaround and then realising with excitement that there was a whole pool of knowledge there that could help people in this very difficult situation, dealing with this very difficult condition. You know, it really was almost criminal that this wasn't better known to the many, many people whose lives was blighted by everyday experience of pain. Once we opened that door, it was really hard to close it again, I think. Lots of the stuff is not rocket science. Yeah. The self-management approach, yeah. that may have been suggested to me, but put over in the way that, listen, there's nothing we can do for you, get on with it by yourself. Yeah. Self-manage yourself. Yeah. That's right. Go away and don't bother us in the surgery anymore because, you know, you've had as many medications as we can give you. They're not helping your pain. You'll just have to go and, and live with it. And the key to that is being able to tell people, well, this is how you live with it. There is a way of managing this effectively that will let you have a life, not without pain, but at least where the pain isn't dominating every minute of your day and influencing all the choices you make. People talk about getting a life back. When I asked you what we should be doing for this 100th programme, you immediately said the Glasgow Pain Education Sessions. That is what we are proud of. Yes. The clinical psychologist in charge of the pain management programme in Glasgow, Martin Dunbar, is a very smart guy and he runs a, a really good team of people and they had a discussion about the future direction they should take. Should it be in, you know, sort of getting involved in highly specialised pain management services which help just a small handful of people or should it be much more about getting pain management into the community and let's face it you know it's about preventing people's families from breaking up because of pain helping people stay at work so they made the decision to widen access in the community and they did a pilot research project in western bartonshire looking at the role of, that pharmacists could play in helping people manage their pain and also these pain education sessions. So he and his team are the brains behind this 
and they invited Pain Concern to be involved because they felt that we also were sympathetic to that approach. That's Heather Wallace, the driving force and human dynamo behind Pain Concern. So, the Glasgow Community Pain Education Sessions are currently run at six venues across Glasgow. Therefore, anyone who's had pain for more than 12 weeks and the aim is to give a better understanding of pain and how to manage it more effectively in the long term. The two-hour sessions are delivered not by healthcare professionals but by trainers who have chronic pain themselves and they cover the science of pain, how to manage activity, stress, sleep and flare-ups. And they're by way of an introduction to help people develop ways of dealing with the pain, to be able to do more and to enjoy life more. The session I attended was in Eastwood, and that's to the south of Glasgow. My name is Angela O'Neill, and I've got chronic pain. I'm a volunteer for the NHS and for Pain Concern, which is a charity. This is just a one-off two-hour session, and I take it you've all had pain for longer than 12 weeks. A lot longer, yeah. This is what we usually find, it might be a lot of years. So we'll get on because we've got a very busy session. We've got a lot of information to impart. Not here to advise you, just to give you information about pain and what pain is. So Pain Concerns a UK charity. It started in Edinburgh as a self-help group, but it's gone on now to education. It's very much into educating people what pain is. And not just patients, but the medical profession as well because people don't understand pain I don't know if you've found that when you've you've gone to the GPs and things that that little 10 minute window that you've got with them it doesn't always cover what you want to say about your pain and they don't always appreciate the, the full impact pain has on your whole life would you say it, it impinges on everything doesn't it I had 11 operations in a year they didn't really know what was wrong and why I wasn't getting any better and eventually they ruled everything out and said that it was chronic pain um, and there was nothing that they could do and that was 12 years ago how did you feel when they said there's nothing more that we can do? I was absolutely devastated. Um, I didn't believe it. I was still looking for a, a cure. I couldn't accept that there was nothing that they could do. I was on the internet looking for information. I was trying to find different cures. I was talking to different people, asking questions about different drugs. I really could not accept there's nothing they could do for me. And I think I now accept that there's no cure available. I wouldn't ever lose hope that one day that somebody would take my pain away. But now I do much more myself to put my pain in perspective and live a normal as life as I can. Can you explain that? What do you mean by putting pain into perspective? I've learned to accept that my pain's there, but there are things that I can do to make my pain easier. I've got lots of strategies in my bag now or in my, my toolbox to use when my pain's at its worst and to carry on doing the things that I should do every day and I'm a much more positive in my outlook on life and I'm now helping others to use these tools and learn about the strategies and educating people in pain and that also helps me with my pain because it gets me out doing things, meeting people. What are some of the strategies that you use? 
pacing's ex been exceptionally good for me. Um, there was things that I thought that I'd never be able to do again. And by pacing, I've been able to manage to swim again, which I never thought I could do. I now walk. I've paced my walking up, and I can now walk 10 kilometres. And I couldn't walk to the end of the street two years ago. I've paced my reading, paced my concentration, paced my ability to sit and concentrate for longer. I think people that come along to the sessions and seeing that we actually suffer pain and hearing our stories and the similarities in between them and us, that it gets the message home a lot better. If anybody needs to stand up or stretch, please feel free to do so. You'll find that we often go walk about or not out the door for a coffee, but at least uh, we, do, we do try to, to move out. I often say when you see these two words together, they don't really go together, do they? Pain and activity. And you probably, like me, will have reduced your activity to what your life perhaps used to be like pre-chronic. My name is Georgina MacDonald and um, I suffer with chronic pain, but I am a pain trainer with Pain Concern, working alongside uh, colleagues and, and other pain trainers who have been trained to deliver the information evenings. So what did the training to deliver one of these sessions involve? Well, originally, because I had chronic pain, I was referred to the pain management team and underwent a 10-week course of pain management. I had had an accident a number of years ago, and after years of chronic pain, I was offered this resource, which I found to be particularly helpful in my situation. At the end of the 10-week course, I was asked if I would be interested in becoming a pain trainer, which was still in its early stages at that point. And I then underwent training with the pain management team, two-day intensive training, then was monitored and helped by them before we were let loose with patients who, and people who came to the information evening. I presume you were kept, the training, part of the training was keeping you on message. Yes, very much so. We have very strict guidelines as to the fact that we're giving information and not advice. We're giving out um, how we have been helped by the pain management strategies, which we are giving information about. And we're also letting those who come to the sessions know how helpful we have found different aspects of that course, and especially things like pacing, which I had never really heard about before or hadn't taken on board. That's one of the things which I find most helpful and we, we do stress that within the two-hour session that we do here. Pacing is one of the easiest things to explain and one of the hardest things to do. The whole concept of pacing is that you build up your activity to a point where you do not kick in extra pain or that you don't have the pain increasing in your activity. So anybody with chronic pain has background pain which is there all the time. And I certainly have a lot of sensitisation in, in my legs, so therefore I can have additional pain from that. But when you're building up and you're using pacing, then you start getting a level which is comfortable for you. And if you start to feel additional pain, then you know that you have to go back to that comfortable level and try increasing the activity again, perhaps the next day or the next week. But the games the mind plays, when you've come to that comfortable level, the mind sometimes will say, then I'll do a bit more. Yes, and I think that's human nature, that you try to push on 
And I think that's one of the things that we try to get over through these sessions is that you have this either boom and bust or you have sort of pushing on scenarios where on good days you want to do so much, whether it be the garden, golfing, cleaning, whatever, or pushing on, which I tended to do when I was working. I tried to dismiss the fact that I was really not able to do the level of activity that I was undertaking at that time and so was incurring further pain, which uh, if perhaps if I'd known about pacing at that time, I might have prevented even having to stop work when I did. My GP is exceptionally good and is very helpful, very supportive. But what I've learned through the pain management course has helped me to structure my life and to get my life back together again. Had you been to one of these sessions that you're running tonight at the very beginning, how different do you think your pain journey would have been? Pain journey would have been totally different. I do have to say that. I've spoken to my GP about this and, and she has referred people to these sessions because she knows that, I think, and, and I know that I would have benefited so greatly from this at the beginning. The activity planning, the pacing, the knowing when to stop, when to be more active, how to address your medication. I think I would have had a far better understanding of my body and the pain journey. Although there's still lots to learn, I would have had a better understanding. I'm Brittany, I'm 24 and I deal with chronic neck pain mostly. I've also been going through um, surgeries for endometriosis and chronic pelvic pain, so kind of a mixed bag of the high and the low. Well, pardon me if I say it, but you've, you, you've got the works. Yes. <laughs> you've got the whole lot. Yeah, just kind of, a, I guess, learning to, one of them is an older thing to deal with and then one of them's new, so trying to find the right balance of things that have worked with me with my neck and things that now can help me with the pelvic pain and trying to find a good balance between the two. <laughs> so why have you come here today? I guess to kind of work on that, exactly, to just kind of find out um, what would be the most beneficial way to keep moving forward with work and school and getting married soon and, you know, trying to maintain healthy relationships and a healthy life while, you know, not letting kind of the pain bog me down or, you know, put me on bed rest too much and things. So far, what have you learned? So far, uh, I've learned, I like the pacing method um, of being able to kind of not take on everything at once. I have a tendency to stockpile my weekdays during business hours and, and then it kind of makes for a pretty awful evening, <laughs> awful weekends, um, you know, trying to, I guess, make sure that I can enjoy time with friends and things as well as my work. So. I was quite interested in what Georgina was saying about if you are planning for some big event, don't plan not to do that, yeah. but take the day after yes. as a recovery day. No, I think that that's a really good strategy because uh, what I've run into is sometimes I'll have multiple events booked out day after day after day, but then if I have a flare-up, then all of a sudden it's like my entire week's plans have just gone out the window, um, you know, leading up to a few big events. So if I can kind of now plan to, to take it gradually leading up to that rather than just kind of pack everything in, then that may work better than <laughs> what I've been doing. 
Well, if there's just one message you take out of today, there's more messages to come. Mm -hmm. I know that there's just one message, pacing, which I find very difficult actually, but but, yeah. ve but very worthwhile. <laughs> I mean, that's a great thing to take away. Yes, yeah, no, absolutely. Pacing definitely, so far, is, it's been what stands out and the lesson that I'll take away. <laughs> My name's Claire Mitchell. I'm a student at Strathclyde University and I help deliver these sessions for pain concern as a part of my placement for my clinical health psychology masters. And what part are you going to deliver? The stress and pain talk and pain and sleep. And I also suffer from chronic pain as well. Can you tell me something about your chronic pain? Um, well, I have ME, so it's chronic fatigue and also just pain in all my muscles. And how does that affect you? It affects my mobility and it affects me cognitively. My thinking, you know, you, you forget your words, <laughs> your brain just does not function at the same capacity as it usually would. Um, concentration is low, you get stiff, you have to move around a lot easier. When did you start having your ME? When I started university, so five years ago. So how did you cope with university and ME? It's mostly about time management and working with what you can and accepting that you, ha you have limits and you have to stick to them, so then you have to manage your time effectively. That's a form of pacing, isn't it? Yeah, it is, I guess. So how does taking part in these classes help with your condition? For me, particularly the information on sleep really helped me because you, you're kept up at night from your pain and for me, I would spend a lot of time just lying in bed because I haven't slept and I can't do anything, so I'm just going to stay in bed anyway and try and catch up on sleep. But really, what's important is establishing a routine and not lying in bed all the time because you can't catch up on your sleep. You know, it's not like a bank. Um, Esther McFarlane retired for the last 10 years, nursed for 40 years. As my pain began to increase, I began to shift my job. So, what brought you to this edu pain education class tonight? It was really interesting to know the changes that taking place in sort of pain management and pain education and pain knowledge since I taught it. And now I'm talking about 20 years ago or something I taught it. Ah, so you taught pain management? Pain management, uh -huh. So how has it changed? I mean, most of the things that it's attained, but what's got me is the fact that they now accept that chronic pain is there and that it's different from acute pain because chronic pain used to be, oh, she's neurotic. So just, you know, that was her, and it used to frustrate me, that idea that people would say that about folk. It's all up there in the head. Yeah, aye, that used to really frustrate me. And it's quite good to hear that there is evidence to show that persistent pain is different from acute pain. And it's not just something that's in your head, it's to do with uh, neuroreceptors and things like that now, which is really quite interesting. It's great for folk that are just... If you want to step now in that road, you know, of having chronic pain, it's great to know that people are going to listen to them now. But is the stuff you're learning today, you're learning about in this session, that would help you with your pain? Yes. So many times you're really not good to yourself. So many times you start to think, maybe I'm making this up, maybe this is made, maybe I could do something different. What I've learned tonight is that, no, it's there, Esther. You deal with it, you know. I suppose it's about acceptance of it, accepting that you have it and deal with it in a sensible way instead of sort of pushing your own boundaries all the time. My name is Lynn Watson and I'm a clinical nurse specialist who works within the pain management programme in Greater Glasgow and Clyde. 
This is bringing pain education into the community rather than taking the community into the hospitals, if you like. Absolutely. What we discovered within Glasgow, in line with the Scottish service model for pain, we were quite well served within Glasgow at some of the levels for education within the service, but that's sort of what we call level one service, which was education and information for people within the community, there wasn't really any um, service available at that time. And so as part of the, the pilot, that was what we looked at. And what's the take-up like of these sessions? Some areas, the take-up has been really good. However, some of the areas, it's perhaps still not as well attended as we would like. And I think that can be for, for various reasons. We're certainly looking within the service and more importantly through pain concern at how we can allow it to become more accessible for people that people know about it that people are encouraged to attend perhaps by the professionals that they might see in relation to their pain it's one thing to advertise them it's another thing to convince people that this is the sort of thing that would help them no absolutely and i think there is certainly a role for us as professionals to play in that. I certainly think that it is given more validity if, say, a person's GP, practice nurse, physiotherapist, etc., is encouraging people to go along to it, then I think it makes that more valid, that the information that they're getting is going to be suitable for them, is going to be appropriate for them. But the in primary care, I guess, the GPs have to buy into the scheme. Yes, uh -huh. and that has probably been a struggle. There are huge pressures on all primary care services. Obviously, I work at the other end of the people's pain journey, that sort of level four commitment, which is a pain management program. And what people time and time again say to us within that service is, I wish I had known this before. And that was something we were hearing regularly. Um, and I think it is invaluable to give people that confidence to realise that there are things that they can do themselves and manage themselves and empower them to make choices themselves. I think in certainly the west of Scotland, we've been brought up with that almost Calvinistic attitude that you don't matter, that we have to think about everybody else and that we aren't really important. But actually, you are important and you have to, as Angela said, pat yourself on the back when you achieve something and you have to do what is good for you. And so in self-managing, as well as the medication, it means that you take control of some aspects of your chronic pain to try and help yourself so that you're not relying on absolutely everybody else. And I think Angela said at the very beginning of today, one in six people have chronic pain, so we are not alone. Lots of people have chronic pain. And we hope that this evening has been a help to you on your journey. Thank you very much. You can find out more about the Glasgow Pain Community Education Sessions and how to enrol on one from Pain Concerns website, which is painconcern.org.uk. As always, I have to read you the small print that whilst we in Pain Concern believe the information and opinions on airing pain are accurate and sound based on the best judgments available, you should always consult your health professional on any matter relating to your health and well-being. He or she is the only person who knows you, your circumstances, and therefore the appropriate action to take. 
on your behalf. Don't forget that you can download all 100 editions of Airing Pain from Pain Concern's website, which, once again, is painconcern.org.uk. And you'll also find on the website Pain Concern's extensive resources to support living with chronic pain. Well, this 100th edition of Airing Pain, or the previous 99, would not have happened without the vision and dogged persistence of Heather Wallace. So she can have the last words. There's no doubt when we've done evaluations of airing pain that for some people it has had a major role to play in their getting their life back. The other thing is, I mean, why do we keep doing it? Why don't we just do a set of videos or radio programmes explaining about self-management and then cut people loose to just get on with it? It is about the role of support groups. People need constant reminders because you have to do this every single day of your life. That's tough. And people get demotivated. Incidents in their life come into play, maybe a family crisis or something, and they they forget about their self-management skills and then they get a flare-up. So it's about keeping people motivated, keeping people on track. And if they get flare-ups, you know, realising, oh, yeah, I don't understand why this has happened. Let's get back to managing the pain better. And I think having a regular source of support like Air in Pain does help people do that. So from that very, very strange phone conversation from seven or eight years ago, there are now 50 hours of broadcasts about pain and self-management and how to live with conditions. Yes. And all I can do is thank you for how it's helped me and thousands and thousands of other people. And I would say it's helped me too. You know, there's always new knowledge to learn about how to refine the way you're managing your pain. There's new science coming forward. So I hope that in another few years' time, we will be sitting down celebrating the 200th radio programme. Yeah. I'll take you up on that. Okay, good. <laughs>